Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. Okay, easy now. You're teaching your kid how to parallel park. Ouch! <laughs> Turns out he likes to do it by feel. <laughs> Don't worry, eBay Motors has bumpers, taillights, trunk lids, license plate holders, 122 million parts. Pull up just a little bit. And headlights. <laughs> They've got lots of headlights. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors. Let's ride. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good. Really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it out. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot and nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. We don't want you on our team. You're too slow and fat. This is weight bias. I'm worried about your weight. Don't you care what other people think? Millions who live and are affected by obesity face weight bias every day. You're not the right fit for this job. Unfair judgment by others. Just stop eating so much and exercise some. You lose all this weight. These people often blame themselves. It's just me. Nobody likes me. I do exercise and eat right. And I talk to my doctor. Weight bias hurts. Everyone deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. Your words and actions matter. Let's stop weight bias. Let's work together. Be part of the solution. Go to StopWeightBias.com and learn more. A public service message from Obesity Action Coalition. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. In case you're just joining us, I am not Gus Cattengale. Aaron Summers is not Gus Cattengale, but we are your host for today's Sports Hangover. One more hour to go. Big thanks to all of you that have called in or chimed in on Twitter, at ESPN Radio NOLA, who like Heat Celtics tonight. Also, what can you expect from the draft lottery? They actually are going through a montage of the NBA draft lottery behind me, Aaron, on the TV screen. They just showed the Pelican sales team when they won it in 2019. Mm. I'm sure from afar you might have seen that video go viral as far as the sales team's reaction when they got the number one pick. So a very exciting night. We'll get back to the lottery in a little bit. We have Gary Smith at 215 talking about Tulane baseball as both Tulane and Travis Jewett have parted ways. So the Wave will have a new head coach um, at least for the end of this season. But let's talk about the Saints a little bit. We had to push that back because the Pelicans talk. Continued the flow, which I absolutely love here. But over the weekend, Aaron, you attended Saints rookie minicamp here at the Oxford Sports Performance Center and also the uh, charity golf tournament yesterday. We'll get to the golf in just a moment. But first off, this is kind of you joining us in August mm-hmm. after Ida. And with COVID still, you really didn't have that locker room type, I guess, atmosphere that others have covering this team. 
This was kind of your first experience being able to walk in, watch stretching, watch a little bit of the action. How was that for you, uh, being able to finally do that for the first time? Yeah, it was really fun to be able to be out there on the field and watch practice, see Dennis Allen in action as the, the new head coach, to see these rookies, the, the draftees out there. And it's kind of different for everybody, actually. This is the first time for any of the local media in two years that they've been able to to actually attend practice like this and go into the locker room because the locker room was open. And so you could go in there, you can talk to anybody that you want to, you know, the players, they sit under their names and you kind of, especially right now, nobody really knows who a lot of these people are. You know, you kind of searching around for different guys. There's a lot of local players that were out there. Um, people that are from New Orleans or played at Tulane or other area schools. And so it was really fun just to get out there and watch some football. It was hot. Yeah, it, it looked really hot, and it was hot over the weekend. But as far as what you all are looking for as members of the media mm-hmm. and kind of covering the same, what, what are you trying to notice from these guys during the time that you are able to watch? What are you looking to get out of that? Yeah, so you definitely watch the people that were drafted. Chris Olave is our um, first pick number 11 overall out of Ohio State, the wide receiver. People have high hopes for him and his ability to work in tandem with Michael Thomas and now Jarvis Landry. And he was kind of wiry out there. Like he was kind of, he's tall, skinny, um, but he was fast and he was really good at just running his routes and, and coach Dennis Allen afterwards called him really smooth. Um, so yeah, I mean, he looked great out there. And then you see somebody like Trevor Penning who is six seven, three hundred twenty two pounds, and looked every bit of that. And he was massive, a massive body out there. So we'll see how agile he's able to be, how he's able to play at this level. Um, I spent some time talking to our new assistant coach and offensive line coach, and Doug Marone, and that's going to be on our Saints podcast tomorrow, kind of about that offensive line and what he expects from from Penny. And so a lot of high expectations for him. They really like what they've seen from him. We'll see how it translates. Um, there is some fun people to talk to also Alante Taylor from Tennessee, who's the third pick by the saints, a cornerback there. He got the nickname of cookie monster when he was at Tennessee because he did an NIL deal where anytime he got an interception, they gave out free cookies. Nice. So he has now acquired that nickname. I don't know if he's going to try to strike a deal like that around here where, uh, you know, he can find some place to get cookies for people, but yeah. I think that definitely needs to be yeah. priority number one for him. I mean, he could at least just bring us some. That, I think bringing the media cookies, bringing you, you guys that cover the team every day, I feel like should at least get some cookies every time uh, absolute, you interview them. Absolutely. So there, not- there was a, so, you know, the draft picks obviously everybody watches, but then you, you think about it, you know, there's probably 60 players out there and you're not going to really, 5% of them make the team maybe. Right. You know, um, a lot of undrafted free your, agents. Your draft, your draftees will make it, and then um, one guy that I did like, uh, running back Abram Smith from Baylor, didn't go, get, did not get drafted. Said he was at a draft party on day three, and he wanted to go put together Legos. You know, he was kind of just like not feeling it, and he no. was kind of going to do his own thing. And his dad made him hang out with and and mingle and be a part of the party because they were there for him, and and he didn't get drafted, but he said it's actually you know, serve as more motivation for him. But he looked good out there. I feel like for anyone that was invited to Saints camp for undrafted free agents, this is a team that is very well known for turning undrafted mm-hmm. free agents into successful football players. Do you feel like it's an attractive place for some of these guys? Like um, you just mentioned running back from Baylor. 
with a running game potentially being something of need that he could take this opportunity to potentially make this team, even though not going drafting. Yeah, he was really excited about being here and the opportunity with the Saints because of what you've just said, because they do have a track record of turning undrafted free agents into football players that get signed, and because there is a need at running back, especially with the unknown of Alvin Kamara and his possibility of suspension, there's going to be a need. And there are not a lot of other options on the team right now. So I think that if Smith continues to to play like he does and obviously playing at Baylor and he put up great numbers last year, um, it's a possibility for him. How much can you take away from rookie minicamp? Because sometimes you see reporters go, this person stood out or this person had a good day. How much can you take? into that how much stock can you take out of a rookie mini camp as far as what players suck out which players have a chance to make the team or is it more just these guys are here getting familiar with the playbook the skills and you'll have to wait and see when when training camp rolls around yeah i don't think you can as far as what we're able to see take very much out of it it's good to see somebody out there and get an idea of of how big they really are just what they look like in person stacked up against another football player but at this at this point, you know they were again they were out there. Forty of the players out there were just tryout players, so it's hard to kind of get an idea against the type of talent that they'll be playing against in the NFL when they're actually going full speed. But yeah, it's just a good opportunity for them to kind of get comfortable with some of the staff and go through some of the motions. You went from the Oxford Sports Performance Center to the golf course yesterday. A nice yes. hot day outside, able to watch some of the players, coaches, legends, fans. Um, tee it off and let it fly uh, for 18 holes. What was that experience like seeing some of the players? We saw some videos of CD Deuce mm. attempting the, the – I mean, he hits – I mean, I can't talk. I'm a horrible, horrible golfer. But it seemed like he was able to handle his own for his first time golfing, would you say? Yeah, he had legitimately never golfed before. And he didn't have clubs. He borrowed somebody's in his little group. He's left-handed, so mm. that's tricky. But it worked out for him. And – he was getting tips throughout the day, so he, he was actually able to make contact, and okay. I watched him do a pretty good job with a couple drives, and he, he didn't play every hole. He didn't hit every single shot he was supposed to, and, and I did see him probably take about 35 attempts to sink a putt because he just wanted to get one mm-hmm. on camera. Um, so if you do see the video, it's going to come out tomorrow of them out there at the golf course. You know, it's sorry, CD, but it's been edited. <laughs> it's not um, every single one of his attempts. Uh, the other guy that I thought was really funny is Cam Jordan. He just straight up showed up late and was like, I'm not playing because I can't play. All I'm good for are drives. And so he drove the beverage cart around all day. That, that's my kind of guy right there. That, that's the thing that's all I can contribute right there. Said, he said hi to every single person playing in the tournament, took pictures with every single person playing. And jumped in and hit a couple drives. And the first one that I saw him do, he did a running start, like Happy Gilmore style. style. It was amazing. And it was actually like, like the best shot I saw him take. Okay. Did I notice that CD Deuce got mad at you for laughing at him at one point? Um, yeah. Okay. He, he turned around and said not to laugh at him. But, I mean, he was taking so much time and he was so <laughs> nervous. And it took long for me to convince him to just even to try. All right. It was just, he doesn't, he's so competitive that he doesn't want to not succeed at something, right? Right. And so he was kind of embarrassed, like knowing that people were watching him and not being good at something. 
So who, he's human. Who, what do you know? Who impressed you the most golfing yesterday or someone that surprised you? are like, okay, I yeah, can see that. Yeah, so Pete Werner, best, hmm. best golfer out there okay. as far as current players go. Really good. And he was serious about it. He's, he's kind of a little more reserved anyway. So I didn't really expect him to be out there running around and screaming and stuff. But yeah, he was, he was good. Real good. Can you tell, you mentioned earlier when talking about chemistry and camaraderie, do you feel like from the players there, you're kind of getting a sense of what this locker room can be like? Because that's been a huge turning point for the Saints in the last handful of years Mm -hmm. is the locker room culture and how they really had to turn things around. Do you see that continuing just based on the interactions, whether it was the rookies at minicamp or some of the guys that were out there on the golf course with coaches and legends and players that this is kind of another good group of guys that you can rely on this season? In talking to a lot of the former players, you know, they always speak about the family that they have here with the Saints and everybody was going up to each other and giving each other hugs and saying, oh, it's, it's so great to see you. And I think it was really cool when I first got there and they were starting to divvy out carts and stuff. There, all of the current players were all sitting together. And Ian Book was sitting in a cart and they were all kind of standing around him. Marquez Calloway. Huggins, you know, there's a bunch of guys there and they were all just kind of yucking it up and, and having a good time and talking about what they expected or, or whatever else was going on, joking around. They just really looked like they were enjoying each other a lot and they, they were choosing to congregate together and be around each other. And I thought that was, it was cool just to see them kind of lighthearted and enjoying the, the time they had there. So what's next for the Saints? Is it another mini camp next month? Is that what's next? Yeah, so next week they'd actually have a OTA, OTA. Um, with the the veterans will mm-hmm. be here. So that will be midweek next week. And then, I mean, yeah, we're kind of going to be bringing stuff weekly. And then the next training camp that the fans can actually come to. Yeah, that'll we'll, be fun. We'll be in June, the mini camp, yeah. Should be exciting. Uh, all right, good stuff there from the Saints. So uh, Aaron will keep you uh, on the lookout. And you can follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron E. Summers. We forgot to mention her Twitter handle throughout this whole thing. Thank you. As far as you're absolutely welcome. <laughs> She'll be uh, covering both teams now a little bit more extensively now that locker rooms are available in the NFL. is a little different for her. Yes, last year can go in the Pelicans practice, but can go anywhere near the Saints facility. That will definitely change this year. So look out for more content coming from Aaron and the team there with NewOrleansSaints.com. All right, we'll turn our attention to college baseball. Yesterday in the news that the Tulane Green Wave and Travis Jewett parted ways. The Green Wave will have a new head coach for the final couple weeks of the season. We'll check in with Gary Smith, who covers Tulane for NOLA.com. You'll hear that next on the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. It's the Memorial Day sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams. Long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. 
Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. It's Gus Kattengell with the Sports Hangover. Join us for Thursdays with the crew of Katie's. Every Thursday, we'll be live at a member of the Katie's family of restaurants from 12 to 3. Whether it's Katie's on Iberville, Francesca's Deli on Harrison, or Bienview on Hickory. Enjoy lively sports banter with delicious eats. Join us as we talk about the latest from our local teams, and you'll likely hear me argue with Scott Craig about his St. Louis Cardinals and my Chicago Cubs. Good thing he's a Brother Martin grad. Thursdays from 12 to 3 is the Sports Hangover with the crew of Katie's on ESPN New Orleans. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve. What would you say you do here? Sports. sports. All day long. Hello, sports fans. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengall. Daniel Salerson filling in for Gus Kattengall this afternoon on the Sports Hangover. Plenty of basketball talk, NBA draft lottery tonight. Also, football talk with Aaron from the New Orleans Saints talking about rookie minicamp and, of course, the golf tournament yesterday. But now we turn our attention to college baseball as Tulane made the big announcement yesterday that they have parted ways with baseball head coach Travis Stewart. For more on that, we welcome in Tulane B reporter for the Times Picayune New Orleans Advocate NOLA.com. That is Gary Smith. You can follow him on Twitter at G-U-E-R-S-M-I-T-H. Good afternoon, Gary. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. So let's kind of get to the point as far as what happened yesterday. My first question is, why now, with just one more weekend of conference play left and then yeah. the tournament next week, why did they decide to do this right now, you think? Yeah, I think it's an unusual decision. Troy Dannon has said in the past that that's not his, his preferred MO. He usually waits for the end of the, end of the season. Um, I, I was, I was, I actually had been tipped that it might happen yesterday, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't actually think it would happen because I, I, I personally think it's a strange decision, um, yeah, the, the, to, to do it with two weeks left in the season. I, yeah, the, the conventional wisdom these days is, um, if you've already made the decision, you don't want to wait. Maybe the team makes a run in the conference tournament with the coach that you've decided to fire, and then it's a lot harder <laughs> to, to, to do anything uh, on that point. Um, there's also, um, some issues there there's some rumors about some 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 um players who were dismissed from the team some confrontations they had um with with Jewett um that that might have played a factor into the the timing of the decision but i i personally it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that they would make this move right now as opposed to just waiting a couple of weeks it, it was pretty Jewett received a quiet extension in the off season um for recruiting purposes but he knew um, everybody around the program pretty much knew that this team had to make a regional this year for him to be back. And without winning the conference tournament, there's no chance of Tulane getting to a regional. So um, it, it looks like Troy Dannon decided to, to, to make the move now and, 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 and get ahead of the curve a little bit. Do you feel like the sweep um, at Wichita State was kind of the writing on the wall for this? Was this kind of the last straw? 
I think so, but I don't really think that part is is necessarily fair. I know people judge baseball the way they do on football and basketball, where the better team usually wins. Um, yeah, the writing was on the wall just the way Tulane was playing um, this season. Tulane had a huge win over Mississippi State got into the top 25 of, of, of some of the polls nationally. It looked like the team was on the verge of a breakthrough, had a lot of young talent, a terrific freshman class. And then what did they do? They turned around and got swept at home by Evansville, which at the time was 3-10. and 10. It turns out Evansville has a chance to actually win the Missouri Valley Conference, and it turned out to be a lot better. But you can't be getting swept at home by Evansville when you have all the momentum on your side. And that, that, that's, that happened all too often in, in, in Travis, Jewett, Travis Jewett's tenure. And then in, in conference, Tulane beats East Carolina, um, the two-time defending champion perennial powerhouse in the league, two out of three to tie for first place. This was just three weeks ago <laughs> um, in, in the league and hasn't won, didn't, didn't win a series since then um, has fallen, fell seven games off the pack. So yeah, I, I think, yeah, I don't do, I think Travis Jewett would have been fired if Tulane had gone to Wichita and won two out of three. I don't think so. I think then it would have been to the end of the season. I think it's a little unfair. Uh, Wichita State turned around yesterday. First of all, in that series, I watched every inning of it on ESPN plus Wichita State made zero errors. Um, they made all kinds of great plays in the field. And then they turned around yesterday and beat Oklahoma, which is going to the to an NCAA regional 18 to nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that series. I, I've seen Tulane play worse um, in in weekends and, and not get swept than, than Tulane did in that series. But 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 the reality is the writing was on the wall with the way that with with the fact that Tulane no longer had a chance to get an at large bid. Um, that that was what was the ultimate determiner. How much of this also is, uh, you, since you've been at every game, kind of seeing the attendance slip a little bit? How much of that is, you know, going into a, a new off season, no matter what that is, is is yeah. getting people, you know, for a new head coach, kind of a new start that you know you're gonna you're gonna want people uh, to be able to yeah. watch these games? I'd say that was a factor, but the truth is, the fan base gave up on Travis Stewart about four years ago, um, and and that that's not an exaggeration. I'd say after his second year, um, when Tulane was. Um, um, went out two straight in, in, in the conference tournament. I, I, I know because I know about the emails I was getting and, and everything else. People wanted Tulane to, to, to cut bait from, from Travis Jewett right then. Since then, um, the team made incremental improvement. Um, Cody Hosey was a I think the 14th pick in the draft in 2019, the offense was really good that year. Then the next year, Tulane started 15 and two was ranked in all of the polls when COVID-19 hit and into the season. We have no idea what would have happened if it hadn't. Um, and then last year, Tulane did finish second in the American Athletic Conference, which was their best finish in a, in a while. Um, but again, got right when they were on the verge of being on the NCAA bubble, they went to Cincinnati and got swept in a four-game series at the end of the regular season to kill their chances. And that was what happened all too often under Jewett, is uh, first-half success in the season, second-half slide. So when it started happening again this year, um, that I, I, that I think Troy Dannon had had seen enough, but yeah, I mean, if he was worried about the attendance, then Travis Stewart would have been gone about two or three years ago because it's 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 been it's been deserted at Turchin Stadium for the most part. My eyeball count for crowds this year would be around 300 for a lot of the games. Um, had, had a huge crowd for Mississippi State, which was a lot of Mississippi State fans from Starkville coming in. Then right after the sweep against Evansville. There was almost nobody at the stadium, but that's really that's been true for the last three or four years. Is the expectations for this team every year a regional? So when you're looking at next yeah. head coaches, when you're when you're when you're when you're judging players, because he had he had a 
you know, technically a winning record, but as far mm-hmm. as, you know, not making right. a regional is a big deal. Is that the expectation every year for this two lane baseball team is that if yes. you're going to have a coach, you need to at least be competing for not only an at large, but or at least try to win a conference tournament and get in. Yeah, the, the, to, to, to make a regional is, is the reasonable goal. If you're not making a regional in college baseball, you're not doing anything. Um, now, there is a possibility, just looking at reality, that for, for if Tulane makes the wrong hire, um, Tulane could take an, another step back. You, you look at Rice, which was a perennial College World Series participant, won the College World Series one year. Um, they're, they're sitting at 13 and 39 this year <laughs> and in dead last in, in, in Conference USA, another private school that faces the same issues as Tulane um, in that you know, the tuition is high. Um, you're divvying 11.7 scholarships to your whole roster, so you're not, you know, it's expensive. You, you have to pay more money if you're a college baseball player to come to Tulane than you do to a, to another program, and that that's that's the battle that Tulane is is constantly is constantly fighting, and that that's that's the area where it, it makes it tough. And, and the funny thing is, is uh, Travis Jewett did not have success in the win loss record particularly, but he did seem to crack the code on, on recruiting in the last two years. He had a pretty good class last year with Bennett Lee hitting hit, hit 440, the school record as a freshman. And this year they hit the mother load. They've got four freshmen starting in their lineup. Um, most of them are doing really well. They've got, they were, they were highly recruited guys. They've got two of their three pitchers in the weekend rotation. Um, they, uh, our, our, our freshmen, um, the future looked bright if, <laughs> if Tulane could just win, um, because th- this is the most talent they've had in the program in a while. With the transfer portal, it's unlikely a lot of those guys will stick around um, with the coaching change. So that they have to make sure when they get their next coach that the guy knows how to recruit and has a plan for recruiting to a private school where the where where, where the challenges are just a, a, a lot heavier than than, than at a, a public institution. So let's go realistically. What are some of the names out there that either you're hearing or maybe might be on your yeah. wish list as far as who might be the next head coach? Yeah, it's a little too early in terms of knowing what Tulane's going after, but 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 from 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 what I've heard, ob- the obvious candidate that people are going to be looking at is is um, Jake Gotro, um, who was actually the interim coach um, at the in 2014 at the uh, um, when Rick Jones had to resign midway through the year for for health reasons. Jake Gotro took over. Um, Jake Gotro was responsible for a class that year that I believe was rated number four in the country by by Perfect Game. It was the class that the next coach, David Pierce, took to two straight NCAA regionals, which are the only two regionals Tulane's reached in the last 12 years and culminated in winning the American Athletic Conference in 2016 and and, and knocking off number one seed Ole Miss um, midway through the regional in in Oxford. Um, Jay Gotro clearly figured out how to recruit at Tulane. He was a candidate for the job back then. He wasn't, yeah, I didn't think he was ready for the job at that point. Um, he did not get the job. He has since gone to Mississippi State and has was the assistant coach of the year, according to D1Baseball.com in 2019. And last year, um, Mississippi State won the national championship. The concern with him again is he's never he's never been a head coach at Division One, but he he he's a clear candidate. And uh, then one of the other names I've been hearing, and and I like, again I've just been just been starting on this. If, if they're looking outside of the Tulane circle, Todd Interdonato at Wofford, who, who's been there for for about fifteen sixteen years, um, they're having their best season ever. They're going to get to an NCAA regional this year. Wofford is a private institution just like Tulane had a long period of not being successful he's turned that program around I'm hearing that as a name that if Tulane goes outside of the circle um, that that will uh, that that is a, 
a viable candidate. And one guy that a lot of Tulane fans want, I just don't think is a realistic uh, candidate, and that's Andy Cannizzaro because of the, the troubles he had at Mississippi State. Right. Um, and, and, and that, that I, I don't see that happening. Now, I know there's some Tulane fans out there that would love to see him be the coach, but I don't, I don't see that as realistic. I, I, I kind of, in the, looking at it right now, I would say that if you know Jake Otro, that he's probably making more money as an assistant at Mississippi State um, than Travis Jewett was at Tulane. So that that's that's not an automatic sell for him either. But I I, I kind of think that might be the first direction that Tulane looks at. We're talking with Gary Smith, Tulane beat reporter for the Times, picking in New Orleans Advocate Nola dot com. Before I let you go, are you someone that's a proponent more of? gathering a big-time assistant coach from one of these bigger programs or maybe hiring yeah. a coach, as you mentioned, from Wofford, a, yeah. a, a head coach with experience but maybe at a smaller school? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a proponent, in, unless it's Jake Gotrell, which is different. He, he, he played at Tulane. He knows Tulane really well. He coached at Tulane as an assistant. Unless it's him, I do, I do think it would be better to hire um, – a head coach at a, 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 a of a place at a smaller program than an assistant coach, and that's I think that's the direction Tulane's going to turn to because that's just the way it works. Travis Jewett was a, a longtime assistant coach um, who who was hired. That didn't work out. Usually, a school does not do the same thing twice in a row. And David Pierce, who Tulane hired before him, had gone had was at Sam Houston State for three years. And and, and the most remarkable thing about David Pierce is the three years he was at Sam Houston State, they made the NCAA tournament all three years, and they never once won the Southland Conference tournament. He got in as an at-large bid all three years, and that ain't easy to do in the Southland Conference year after year after year. Um, He was a proven coach. That you, know, it, it, you can miss on guys like that. You got to make sure that they're that they're the right guys. But I, I do think that it's a tough job in its current in the in the current environment and I do think you need a guy who's proven he can do it as a head coach in that role unless it's somebody like a Jay Gotro. We'll, we'll see what happens in Tulane's search for a new baseball head coach. Of course, you can follow Gary on Twitter at G U E R S M I T H. He's your go-to guy for everything with Tulane Athletics for the Times speaking in New Orleans Advocate and nola.com. Gary, I appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, that's Gary Smith once again talking Tulane baseball. When we come back, we'll bring back Aaron Summers, talk a little bit more about tonight's NBA draft lottery. You're listening to the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. Welcome to AutoZone. Thinking about gas mileage? Quality oil like Mobile One Full Synthetic can help you get more out of every mile. Got an older vehicle? Try Mobile One Full Synthetic High Mileage. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $37.99. Get what you need for better fuel efficiency at any of our 6,000 stores or on AutoZone.com. Restrictions apply. Anywhere fans go to cheer on their team, there are behind-the-scenes MVPs, ensuring everything is game-day ready. We see you, Joe, fixing seats so every fan can enjoy every game. And Allie, who keeps her stadium running smoothly from the moment the first game starts to the last play of the season. At Granger, you're our MVPs, and we're always here for you. With supplies and solutions for every industry and 24-7 customer support. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst and cancer champion Dick Vitale. I want to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. Join our team to help fund game-changing research that saves lives. At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over the odds. V is for victory over health disparities. Victory over setbacks. Victory over the unknown. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join the V Foundation team and help save lives. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind. It cannot touch my heart. And it cannot touch my soul. Join our team in the fight against cancer at V.org. Let's hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. About 30 minutes to go. Wrap things up here from the Oxford Sports Performance Center. Thanks for making us part of your day. Daniel Salerson, Aaron Summers filling in for Gus Kattengau. He'll be back tomorrow. And maybe he'll be talking about a number one pick for the New Orleans Pelicans. It is draft lottery night. If you're going to watch, 7 p.m. Central on ESPN leading up to game number one of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. And we talked about it earlier and the excitement around these both these teams, but uh, primarily with the Pelicans here. It, it is tonight is kind of just to sit back and relax and see where th- this goes. There's only a 0.4% chance we really don't want to manifest this into something. The Pelicans mm-hmm. could technically not have a pick at all. After tonight, there's a 0.4% chance of that happening. And if that's the case, three teams would have to jump the Pelicans past the number eight spot in order to do that. And that would bump the Pelicans back up to 11, as Jim Eikenhofer mentioned. Only the top four lottery combinations are drawn. So the top four are named, and then it's reverse order as far as win-loss record that could lead the Pelicans to drop out. But if it stays in the top ten, that Lakers pick comes to the Pelicans. So... I think the best case scenario for the Pelicans is really, and for everyone tonight, is you're fine at 8, 9, or 10. Great, you have a top 10 pick. Wow, you move into the top four, that's an added bonus. Or if you get the number one pick, thank you very much, Los Angeles Lakers, and now things get interesting. So there's 12 teams involved in tonight's drawing. Is that accurate? I would say, let me look at the sheet here, because the Oklahoma City Thunder most likely will get the Clippers pick at number 12. Um... So 13, because I think everyone else only has one okay. pick. So 13 out of 14. 10 of them will then get a top 10 pick. Well, then Oklahoma City will get possibly two of those. Yes. They have a, they basically just are going to fit, they have an 86% chance at 12. So that's basically where they're going to land. But they have, I'm trying to do math real quick, around a 5% chance of getting the top four. They just have a 1.5% chance of getting number one pick. But one of those teams can jump. It's happened before. Right. The Orlando Magic have done that from 14. They've gone all the way to one back in the early 90s. So the Pelicans have a 6% chance to get the number one pick. Yes. They have a 26.3% chance to get a top four pick. Correct. Which I'm not mad at those odds. No. For a top four pick. That's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. It's the um, eighth best odds to get one. But at the same time, again... I asked Jim about this. I think every, there has been a team at least eight or, or farther back that has jumped into the top four every single year of this new new lottery. It gives better chance for other teams right. to get in there. 
So, and all the top three teams have the same odds. Well, they did it this way because they want to prevent teams from tanking. Exactly. And make the odds less favorable mm-hmm. to guarantee that you'll get one of those top picks. Right. Which is great for us right now. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to, to see what happens. If you're the Pelicans here, and we're going to put on the hypothetical cap here because we'd like to do that, and we can. If you, at what point do you consider, even no matter where the Pelicans land in this, because mm-hmm. some people have asked, do you trade the pick? Because if everyone says about the players returning, do you maybe try to use that and parlay into a veteran player that could put you over the top, or do you keep it and just grow another piece of a, a young core? I look at what we did last year in the draft with Herb Jones in the second round and undrafted free agent in Jose Alvarado and what those two players have meant to this team. And Trey Murphy. And Trey Murphy. Yes, but he was a higher pick. Yes. And I think about the fact that I, the faith that I have in our scouting department and assistant GM and, and Bryson Graham and his ability to find talent like that, that I, and the way that the, the the draft is stacked this year as far as the different, there's not somebody that I'm like dying to have on our team. Keep it. No, trade it. Trade it. Okay. Trade it. Who cares about the top 10? And then maybe we find some more diamonds in the rough, some more Jose Alvarados. So who would you want, if you're looking to trade, are you trading for a veteran that can immediately make an impact or is it another not project player but again a top 10 pick could have some value to it what are you looking for then if you're going to trade that pick this is where this is above my pay grade okay um okay so whether it's a position how about a position yeah Yeah, i mean we were talking about the need for a, a solid shooting guard definitely somebody more consistent offensively we have the potential on the team right now. Uh, CJ McCollum, definitely. Brandon Ingram. Trey Murphy could potentially become more of a, a threat offensively. But it doesn't hurt to have somebody else. Yeah. That you can definitely rely on as a shooter. Shooter, yeah. Like a volume shooter. I think that's kind of, especially from outside, it's definitely what we seem to be lacking at times. Okay. I, I think I'm going to go the opposite of you as far as keeping it. And my reason is you're going to have to come up on some difficult decisions soon. And David Griffin said the most difficult one is going to be with Zion as far as the max or how that situation is going to get thrown out there. At the same time, at some point you're going to have to extend or have the option of extending Jackson Hayes. Mm -hmm. Larry Nance is going to have to get signed. There are some other guys that eventually you're going to go down the road and think you're going to have to pay these players. And I'm not saying right down the road as far as two or three years from now, but still things to think about. Young talent being on a rookie contract, I feel like has value with this team. It gives you a little bit more flexibility when you're a team that has so much right now um, and are looking to build off that. Why not have someone that you can add more depth, but also not having to fill your that someone that's going to take up a lot of your your cap space. And I know I'm not right. close to being a capologist or pretend like I know what the salary cap situation is, but you're basically getting talent at a at a discount, really mm-hmm. good talent. That's someone that could help you right now being in the top 10. That's a counter argument. With the young talent that we have on the team, you feel like we have enough veteran leadership and enough veteran players. I think that we probably do. If you keep CJ, he's been a good leader and a good addition. 
Brandon's growing into that yeah. a little He's bit. He's considered more. a leader, and I think the playoff experience adds that to it as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, and and Larry Nance Jr. definitely has solidified a role as a leader as well, so okay. you can rely on. So, all right, sure. Well, let's go to the phone lines: eight hundred nine nine eight one zero zero three and eight hundred nine nine eight one zero zero three. Um, I think we have is it Terry on the line? This is he. What's up, yeah, right. what's up Hello. What's going on? Hello. What's going on, guys? Look, I, I, I think we are in a great place right now with uh, with the Pelicans, but I want to ask you guys uh, to talk about trades and stuff like that. Look, I think if we were to make a trade or trade that pick out, if we play top eight where it stands right now, we can move back. I would like to see, because at some point that we can push our chips in the okay, got to that's the point guard that's on a one-year deal from Miami. He's a defensive-minded, asking somebody who we can bring in as a backup for T.J. Uh, McCollum. He looks like he has matured to the point where he is not trying to be the team leader anymore. Maybe he can come in and do that Spencer uh, Denridder role that Dallas is throwing. I wouldn't mind. Whatever they do, they do. I'm comfortable with it, but I want you guys' opinion on me bringing in Victor Oladipo from Miami in here as another second uh, point guard. I think he, personally speaking, I think he fits with what we're doing right now. Defensive line, he's uh, four. He doesn't sit without the ball in his hand, stay with the ball in his hand. I just like him as a player, and I also like that, you know, his maturity now seems to be more of understanding how the NBA works. All right, I appreciate the call, Terry. I think it's interesting when we talk about another guard, and Aaron touched on it, the guards that are still in play for the Pelicans right now. We don't know what's going to happen with Kyra Lewis Jr. If you want to chime in, 800-998-1003. Um, you got Jose Alvarado. you got Devontae Graham. You have C.J. McCollum. You have Trey Murphy that can play guard, but he also can play forward, too. He played a little bit of that as well. Um, as far as Oladipo, and I really don't like to get into individual players right now, just where we are. He's still playing right now, number one. Um, injuries are one thing that concerns me about a guy like him who's been through so much of that, is you just don't want a guy that is not going to be available for you. I think that type of player is something that you obviously can look at as far as someone coming off the bench, someone that can score, and I think that is needed. Um, another scoring guard, as we mentioned, Um but I don't think I mean you can find that in this draft, depending on where you are, a Jabari Smith, a Jaden Ivy, um, that you really don't have to pay. You don't know the cost of what Old Depot would be. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of direction they go in. And you mentioned even trades. Do they trade back? Is there someone that maybe mm-hmm. they have in mind ten through fifteen, grab another pick and then make a selection there? Someone that they could find later on. Yeah, I do like a couple of the callers have brought up the the idea of of finding something that is defensive minded because that has been a huge staple of the team as, as it went on this season. And we saw that in the way that they definitely put a lot into Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado and how that sparked the rest of the team to be better defensively. Larry Nance Jr. Somebody that they brought in that's very good on the defensive end as well. And that's an area where rookies usually struggle in, and that's usually a a big jump for them. Oladipo is obviously somebody who is 
shown that he's very good defensively, so I understand that point there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, Terry. Let's go back to the phone lines, 800-998-1003. We have one more segment after this that we can take your calls if we have some time. Let's go to Chris in City Park. What's going on, man? I just want to put my two cents in. Sure. Uh, I'm thinking this is with the Pels pick, wherever it is, there's, uh, you, you look at your team right now and you say, okay, well, uh, what's the guy, Smith, the, our three-point shooter, uh, Graham, what was his name, the one that was supposed to be our three-point shooter and didn't make it? You uh, know the guy. Devon, and, uh, right Garrett, now? Devontae Graham? Devontae Graham, yeah. Okay, he's not going to make the team. So what you do is you find your three-point shooter and put him when you did with Graham. You, you put him off the bench. Same thing with whatever Garrett Temple brought because you got whatever Garrett Temple was going to bring to the locker room with C.J. So whatever that position void is, there's your second spot. So uh, I have no problem with, uh, especially when you're right next door to Magic Mickey, uh, I think these guys know what they're doing. They're going to find their guy. And, I, and that's that's my opinion. I, the two guys that you you know they're not going to make the team. Well, those are the two guys you need to replace. Yep. And hopefully right. we get uh, we get one of those three point shooters like that top four. What's that guy Ivy? And uh, I like the smart guy. And uh, there's Jamar you know, Smith and Jaden Ivy are the two kind of guards that can at the top. At Smith, the top. Smith, that's the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, Smith. I'm sorry, I'm an old guy. Got you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that, I just wanted to chime in, and uh, you guys are doing a great fill-in for the Goose. Right. I appreciate it. Make sure you tell him that as well. That's Chris from City Park here. And, and Aaron, yeah, I mean, again, going back to what Chris said, there's a ton of options there. I mean, yeah, and and David Griffin talks about this in the exit interviews, about how he's really happy with the guys that he has here now. The culture, what they bring, he thinks that they're all vital to the chemistry on the team right now. So it's going to be really difficult when we get to a point where people are fighting for roster spots. It's going to be really competitive, but that makes your team better. He said it's a blessing and a curse that yeah. you could be a team that finally doesn't really have a lot to do in free agency in the draft, but also something that you are going to have to find ways to keep everyone happy, which... Again, the locker room, it's so hard. Willie Green did a fantastic job of keeping the culture in the locker room great despite the 1-12, and 3-16 start. Um, but when these guys have a taste of the playoffs and feel like they can play a bigger role, that's where the difficulties come in in managing uh, a lot of great talent, which is also a good problem to have. So great conversation, great calls. Um, we'll wrap things up next. We'll kind of lay down everything that you need to look out for tonight in the NBA Draft Lottery. We'll wrap up the show next on the Sports Hangover, ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. It's the Memorial Day sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams. Long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Time is money. 
Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now, we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, ETEL, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at Let'sRev.com. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 3-2 stall restroom air-conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Daniel Sallers and Aaron Summers about to wrap things up for you, getting you ready for tonight's NBA Draft Lottery, 7 p.m. Central on ESPN. Again, some of the theatrics will be early on. You'll hear from some of the potential draftees. They'll go through all the representatives, how this thing works. We'll kind of tell you a little bit of that Right now, so here's how it works. Again, it's only the top four that's determined in the NBA draft lottery. Each team gets a certain amount of number combinations of four ping pong balls. So if you're the Houston Rockets, Orlando Magic, or Detroit Pistons, you have the exact same, but you have the most combinations available. So it's kind of like having a bingo card with the numbers on it. There are 1,001 combinations. Right. So those three teams will have the most out of any as far as combinations. Mm -hmm. And then the further down you are, the less combinations you have. So they're going to go, okay, pick number one and go through four pink balls and say the numbers like you have a lottery ticket. Okay. And then those numbers, whoever team has that combination will get the number one pick. Then they'll do that for two, three, and four. The rest of the order is determined by reverse record from the regular season. So does everybody sit in this room with like a lit, like a piece of paper with all their combinations and then they have to scan the numbers and then they can go like, they literally can yell bingo if they got it. I, I think, I don't think they scan it and they have to look to see if there is. I think that number. I think the again, I haven't been in there. Um, I would guess that the NBA would say, "All oh, right, this combination belongs to this team." Like they have the numbers ready. I think it's all on the screen. I don't know. I think it'd be way more fun if people are just sitting there scanning a piece of paper. And and David it's Griffin like, goes like, bingo. All right, who's yeah. got it? Anybody out there? Anybody? If he doesn't yell bingo in a certain amount of time, does he not get the pick? Right. Someone just run out of time. to the next combination. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so um, <laughs> if you remember from Alvin Gentry, you saw the video of his reaction. Yeah. In 20- so those 14 individuals, and David Griffin's representing the Pelicans in this front, will have their cell phones taken away when they get in there. And they have to sit there for three-plus hours, not only just waiting for them to do this, but then you have to watch it. There's legal in there. There's a group of lawyers that take those results and put those in the envelopes, and they will all witness that. Mm-hmm. And they cannot communicate with anyone. They're the only people to know the results. And then the 14 that are on the podium are the ones that will find out live 
on national television. So Swin Cash will be our representative right. once again. So when you're watching, here's one thing that's a trick to kind of easily see whether uh, you all have a top four pick or which teams do get a top four pick. Um, they're going to start with number 14. So right now, slate at number 14 is Cleveland. If you see their name, obviously they're going to keep that pick. But if they don't see their name, so this is how they announce. That's it how they announce the it. Crowd. They announce Once it from it's reverse. Official. Yeah, they announce okay. it from 14 to one. So if you're looking at the Pelicans or the Lakers, but I believe it's the Pelicans card because the Pelicans are represented. When you get to pick number eight, if you don't see a New Orleans Pelicans card, that's a good news. That's a good sign. That means that they have moved into the top four. So then they'll get to number five. They'll announce 14 through five. They'll go to commercial for dramatic effect. And then one through four will be announced. They'll say no, where the number four pick is this team in three and two and one. So if you're a Pelicans fan, it's going to be over like that. Okay. When so they go through. If somebody else moves, that could affect our pick too, right? Yes. So if a team, so the Pelicans are slated eight. If right. San Antonio, Washington, New York, LA, Clippers, which will go to Oklahoma City, Charlotte, and Cleveland, jump the Pelicans. If you see them out of order, they have jumped the Pelicans, which means the Pelicans will move back a spot. Okay, so we don't want to see any changes. You don't want to see any behind changes us. behind us. Because that means you will move back. Okay. And that's where the 0.4% chance comes in. Mm-hmm. If six, if three of the six teams behind you jump ahead of you, you will move back to 11th, which means you will not get the Lakers pick. That will go to the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. So you want full, they call it chalk. You want chalk leading up to pick number eight. And then you don't want to see the Pelicans card at eight. You don't want to see that logo. You want to see someone else's logo. And if that's the case, they'll say it. That means New Orleans has moved into the top four. And then the excitement begins. That's what happened in 2019. I remember exactly when my wife was trying to put the kids to bed. She said, are you going to help? I said, no, I need to know what happens. <laughs> and then she goes, all right, what about now? I go, no, we just landed in the top four. We're going to commercial. She's like, how about now? I'm like, we just got the number one pick. You think I'm going to go in there and, and say goodnight to our children? I got to celebrate this. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to wake them up. I went outside and, and celebrated. So yeah, I'm a great father. Let's keep that in mind. Okay. But, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun, exciting, and it's going to be over like that. There's going to be more pumping up this lottery than actual results. It's like the Kentucky Derby. It is. The six-hour show and then the two-minute race. Yeah, we spent three hours talking about it today. Yeah, exactly. So it's all going to come down to that, and so um, we'll see what happens. Um, come tonight, again, 7 p.m., then you can enjoy some basketball, and that's the good news about the conference finals. There's not a day where you will not have NBA basketball until these series are over game one tonight starting tonight because tonight. last night was terrible no hockey or nba exactly do you want to give a shout out to your hurricanes let's go going to the game friday night carolina hurricanes fan over here they're they're looking pretty good yeah we'll see i'm excited yeah you're gonna if they win it all is there gonna be a stanley cup replica on your desk yes okay that'd be really cool actually because you have kind of a cubicle area that Everybody everyone will see, see it yes okay which is also a problem. I don't need everybody in my business, but here we are. I can share it down here in my office, too. <laughs> I wouldn't mind holding a Stanley Cup. But um should be a lot of fun. Warriors and Mavericks tomorrow, game number one. All these are night games, too. You might have to mm-hmm. stay up a little bit longer. I believe they're 8 o'clock central for both games. There's going to be no day games, which I kind of like having day games over the weekend. Um, but for me with children, actually, night games are better when they're asleep, and I can dedicate all my time watching them. But... It's going to be fun. Between the lottery and the both conference finals, this is the best time of the year as far as basketball 
hockey playoffs. Over the weekend, there were how many game sevens? Seven or eight between yeah. basketball and, and hockey? Yeah, it was a really good weekend for, and a lot of, I mean, the games were good. Yeah. A lot of good action, especially in hockey. A lot of great hockey. A lot of yeah. games that went to overtime. Mm-hmm. You have baseball, if you want college baseball in the mix. There, there's plenty of stuff going on. Obviously, football always yeah. stays in stays relevant no matter what the situation Tulane is. Tulane is home this weekend against Memphis. Yep. I'm going out and support the baseball still. Yep, exactly. They still got to win some games to get into the tournament, but that is definitely possible. Should be nice out. It'll be a little hot. Um, but, of course, Gus will have everything for you tomorrow. Um, we'll see what he has in store as far as what the Pelicans do. And then now the fun begins. After that, it's the uh, not the trade machine, but the draft machine. Because then after you can stick in your mock drafts, you can figure out who you want, what teams are going to want this, what teams are going to trade. you have any good luck charms, any keychains, a leprechaun, a rabbit's foot, anything like that? I don't really have any good luck charms. Um, so far, I'm kind of just, you know, my presence here has been great for the Pelicans. <laughs> I'm glad you are able to say that about yourself. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, first playoff appearance in a few years with you in attendance. But the Saints didn't make the playoffs, though. Does that even out? Yeah, maybe. Okay. I don't know. It has nothing to do with me, actually. Okay. All. But if we get the number one pick, does it have to do with you? Ops, duh. Okay. <laughs> so you can thank Aaron Summers for that. At Aaron E. Summers, if you want to chime <laughs> in and and see what happens. I'm wearing the same socks that I did. I've washed them since then. Okay. But I have these basketball socks that I got that are very warm. I guess I should go put on some Pelicans gear at least. Yeah. Maybe a little bobblehead. Yeah. I got plenty here you can choose from to hold on to. All right. Let's go. All right. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Gus Cattengale is uh, back with you tomorrow. 7 p.m. Central NBA Draft Lottery on ESPN. We'll talk to you soon. Go Pels. Go yard all May long with $5 Dinger Tuesdays on FanDuel Sportsbook.